0: Hello everyone. Today on this episode of the High Council Podcast, we've got a little something different for you. So, full disclosure, I am in my last couple semesters in college, and I'm trying to do a project that hopefully uh reaches outside of the bounds of my classroom. And today we're going to be talking about something that affects both me and Alex very much and that's the concept of masculinity. So what do you think of when masculinity like that term is used and like how would you react if someone was like you need to be more masculine or something like that or you're not masculine enough something like that.
1: Um, Anyone who tells me that I'm not masculine enough like is already like invalid just because that left their mouth but basically Mm -hmm. like I don't think of masculinity as any type of like thing that I have to adhere to. Like, I feel like our generation has really challenged like those stere
0: like those norms, those those societal norms. norms.
1: Like there's no, like the worst thing is like a man who's like hyper masculine to the point where it's like he's overcompensating or like, yeah, toxic, but not even necessarily toxic. Just like, it just is uncomfortable. Like, I don't, think of, I don't think you even have to think about it like I feel like the ultimate masculinity to me is like the uh, the gentleman, right like literally yeah like uh, being Ned understanding yeah. <laughs> from of, Game of Thrones like
0: if you don't know who that is he's a very chivalrous person yeah. who may or may not have gotten himself killed by doing the right thing anyway.
1: yeah but like that's what it is like it's just doing you what have what a family right. or not yeah just doing what is right and like You know, wielding whatever power you have in a way that is like beneficial to the most people. Yeah, and
0: to say that that is exclusively a masculine, like in air quotes. This is a podcast, so obviously you can't see that. So I will be adding those in. But masculine traits like doing, investing your power into helping other people, of course, isn't an exclusively man thing. Like, not only men can do this. Women have also shown very nurturing traits. They literally bring life into the world, so they it's like a balance. And I feel like some people, or when someone is toxic, I'll use that phrase, they kind of lose that awareness in a sense. They're like, oh, I have to be hyper aggressive, uh, hyper, you know, touchy feely, you know, those kinds of guys. Um, And, yeah, I'm always going to pick a fight with someone, even if I know for sure that they didn't mean it like that or to that effect. It's, in my opinion, I would call it doing the most, (laughs) Uh, my academic term for it. And trust me, you'll know, you'll be able to pick out who is, quote unquote, doing the most by their behavior and what they say. And so, yeah, today on the podcast, we're going to be exploring more of a theme and a concept of masculinity. And hopefully... You guys will learn something, or you can just fast forward a little bit. Um, But one thing that I wanted to mention, because in my mind, I kind of can't think about masculinity, like the kind of stereotypical, like, oh, like, lover man masculinity, without thinking of the Casanova. You know who that is? Yeah. Yeah, everyone's heard of him. Casanova, the guy who is going to steal your girl and ride off on a horse and then break her heart. Yeah, that guy. Well, did you know that he was an actual person? I didn't. Uh, yeah. Um, to begin, the Casanova character is based on a real person, as I said. His name, he was a Venetian adventurer, traveler, writer, intellectual, and playboy named Giacomo Casanova. He was born in 1725 and died in 1798. And this is a little bit on his personal philosophy. As he says in his own book titled The Story of My Life, quote, the chief business of my life has always been to indulge in my senses, or to indulge my senses. So this is Casanova's philosophy, and he used this unique way of thinking to seduce these women with actual interesting conversations about their interests, making him apparently wildly successful in the art of seduction so this was in the 1700s so you can imagine all the kind of toxic male ideas and just stereotypes of women in that time period you know i guarantee most men thought of women as inferior and needed to be handled in a a way or in a sense and um casanova may or may not have felt this way but he certainly Interacted with women and made them feel as though at least they were being listened to and heard and what do you know women much like everyone else I hear enjoys being heard and feeling like their opinions are being listened to and this shockingly (laughs) this like brand new uh, thought was very popular (laughs) and got a lot of people interested in Casanova's quote-unquote secret sauce or secrets of seduction. So This, um, as I said, made him wildly successful. And Nicola Rambo, a professor at Johns Hopkins University states, Casanova knew better than anybody, or rather guessed, that women had a profound need for philosophy. And through that, he became the conqueror par excellence. He goes further to explain the pioneer's revolutionary mentality. As he says, Casanova's life philosophy is continuous exercise of happiness. The seducer transforms any wild wilderness into epic, garden, where happiness is the supreme purpose of existence. Any attempt to philosophize without some extra happiness is a finality it oh my gosh, excuse me. Any attempt to philosophize without some extra happiness is finality, wait, without extra happiness as finality is nonsense. So this is going to... Confusing. I'm sorry, guys. I'm reading off a script for the first time. So if you're a little confused by that, let me just run over it again. Any attempt to philosophize without some extra happiness as finality is nonsense. So essentially, if you're engaging in philosophy or just life in general, and your end goal isn't some kind of gratification or happiness at the end of whatever you're doing, why are you doing it? And that's in general Casanova's philosophy. And through this philosophy, as we've said already, he was incredibly successful, not only in life, but with women, with with, what a lot of us men or, you know, the stereotypical man is supposed to be successful with or have some kind of allure with, you know, Um, the stereotypical man isn't incapable of talking to or having a relationship with a woman, if that makes sense. So, yeah, this female gravitation or allure eventually became a symbol for not only Italian masculinity, but masculinity in general. So this Casanova character would be later, like as he would later to be known as, would eventually become an idealization and a stereotype in itself and would lead to a lot of men being filled with disdain for being compared to a literal Casanova Uh, And this is what I kind of wanted to expand upon, how um, certain portrayals of masculinity in media and even in real life can be harmful and make it a perpetuating cycle of toxicity and a lack of a better word. You kind of get that? Yep. and what do you think about that do you think that's an interesting <laughs> way to live like do you think Casanova's re- revolutionary
1: for the time in that society I perhaps I don't think like I don't know I feel like when we talk about like the meaning of life and like or just like philosophy in general like that like the end goal of it should be happiness is kind of like problematic because like why not just be like if you're a drug addict why not just keep taking drugs that make you happy like or if I don't know like you always have to deal with unhappiness and like discontent and like I don't know suffering in general so like I don't necessarily think maximizing happiness at all costs is like necessarily the best way to live but well that's my opinion
0: i'm hearing you and let me push back slightly on that because i don't think that's what he's saying i think that he's trying to say you shouldn't be wasting time like lo- loafing and just languishing in your despair um so i'll use myself in, as an example i really hate that like anxious feeling of needing to get work done like my head will almost never let me forget that i have something to do you know so like whenever I'm doing anything almost in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh man, I have a project due. Oh man, I got a paper due. And I, I would suppose I'm just, you know, supposing (laughs) quite literally from Casanova's philosophy, he would recommend instead of playing video games, let's say to try and forget or just like relaxing or whatever, and then just feeling nervous and not even really being able to relax. You should try to at least start that project or paper that way you later on, you can have the happiness of not having to do it. Or, or where just tell you to that. drop out
1: and then you'll oh, to feel
0: guilty. That is true. But then it would lead me to more sadness later when what? I don't have a
1: job. Yeah, when no, I don't have a job and I'm looking for
0: <laughs> Well, my what debt is, is job,
1: What if the job you get makes you unhappy? There you go.
0: Well, that'd be unfortunate. And I guess I would use Casanova's philosophy <laughs> and strive for a different profession. But I'm glad like I mentioned Casanova as well because me and you have watched a couple films, uh, as we'll go into later. And one of the directors for one of the films that we watched, A uh, City of Women, that we, our most recent film that we watched, the director, Fellini, actually hates Casanova. And I'll go into this. So, Fellini's well known aversion to the storia and the myth of Casanova, the great lover and literature. Literatur, whom the director considered more of an egoist among amassing experiences and women without joy, as well as a pretentious intellectual and writer is translated into a movie wherein this character is ridiculed and debased. Fellini is a director. I have some familiarity with as we've already gone over, but I'd be very interested to see this movie. So he has taken this Casanova character and kind of, uh satirized him in one of his films and this just goes on to my point about how it is frustrating to be compared to literally a perfect idealized man and that can be quite problematic for certain people and uh yeah as we talked about in city of women this can be um switched both ways women can also obviously feel as though their their individuality is being diminished because they're being held up to a certain standard or an expectation that society has for them and in city of women made in 1980 a film about a man who ventures into a quote-unquote city of women and he become when he comes he realizes that it is Far different than what he imagines, and the people, or more importantly, the women, are far different. And he gets into all of these weird shenanigans, and it's, quite frankly, a very strange place, as you saw in the movie. And, uh, yeah, it's a <laughs> interesting look at what men and women go through, as well as showing the perils of a man just trying to chase women for the chase of women as you saw he is constantly being aversed or evaded by these women that he's trying to pursue for sexual pleasure and he is married so he shouldn't be doing this he has someone with waiting for him at home but that's the expectation i suppose what do you think about that What's like, the
1: expectation?
0: Uh that you should be chasing women like hey, if you're a man, you should almost n- not not be able to control yourself, but you like it's kind of expected in certain cultures that you indulge yourself, let's say, in multiple partners.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I don't deal with expectations like that. Like I don't Which is very good. Really... <laughs> yeah. But I do get into conversations where like like my uncle at work, he's a, like every woman that walks through the door with like a certain body type, like he always has to have make a comment and I'm just like, you know, chuckle at his, you know, just way of thinking, his way of being. Like that's he is one of those like it is it is a thing. But yeah, I don't I don't know what to say about that, I guess. Some people choose to live their lives like that, or. Yeah, some people don't.
0: (laughs) Very true. So, yeah, this is a noticeable trend in Italian masculinity culture. Um, Yeah, in different forms of media, portraying men in unattainable or stereotypical fashions, just as with women, can be harmful and to the actual people trying to live up to those standards and it could harm their self-identity or self-worth in that society being constantly compared to an unattainable idealized version of a supposed sex that you're of the sex that you're supposed to be supposed to be portraying if you get what i'm saying are you getting what i'm saying
1: Mm, like you are so what you, what no what are you seeing? Like men are
0: I'm trying to say being uh,
1: compared to Casanova and kind of like... or
0: just in like there's here in one of the first movies that we saw, it was a special day. And in that special day, when our female lead meets our male lead, we're gonna be saying male and female lead just to simplify things. If you would like to watch the movie. Feel free, but um, I feel like saying different people's names, and even I'll forget. So it'll just be simpler for everyone. But when our male lead meets our female lead, she kind of has certain expectations of him. If you recall, and yeah, yeah, and it's expected of an Italian man in the forties under fascism, where as we saw in the movie, you need what three things to be considered a man in Italian fascist Italy? You need to be a father a husband, and a soldier. You need to have children with a woman and maintain that relationship and also be willing to risk your life for your country. And if it's not said already or not stated already, there's kind of a fourth underlying rule of, if you're a man, it is kind of expected for you to have some extramarital affairs, let's say, or extramarital um partners and the woman in most cases is just simply made to deal with it because that is the society that's the culture that's the expectation of a man in that's in 1940s Italy under fascism and it it goes even further than that in many respects because Mussolini who was the leader under the leader of Italy under fascism he literally used the government to incentivize people or men to have children or women in this case, men and women to have children. If you had a certain amount of children, the government would literally give you money. And if you were single, a single man, the government would literally tax you taking money directly away from your pocket because you chose to be single or you were just ugly, I guess. (laughs) And I'm sorry for anyone listening, but jokes, jokes. Um, but yeah, this is kind of the real reality of 1940s fascist Italy, and it kind of starts from there and just gets compounded throughout the years. Of hey, if you're a man, quote unquote, you will act a certain way, and it's just the expectation. And when our male lead does not fulfill those expectations, our female lead is quite upset and confused, isn't she, Alex? How would you? Um, Explain that scene. Like, what were you feeling when you watched that? Were you surprised at her reaction?
1: Not really. Like, I didn't expect her to be... Well, first off, like, she wanted something out of that, like, you know, relationship or exchange that she wasn't getting. So that's one. And then two, like, I didn't expect her to be, like, accepting of his homosexuality either. Because it's fascist Italy, so... Yeah, I wasn't surprised, but, um, it was a cool scene. Like when he, he was like, here you are about to cheat and you're, you're judging me for the fact that I'm gay. You don't want to cheat. That shit still happens. Like people really are out here doing all types of things and then looking down on homosexuals, like it's crazy the like hypocrisy that like people just just walk around with and like don't like don't analyze or examine like themselves so yeah it was kind of typical like
0: all right and just to further uh compound it, like how um just everywhere this masculinity was in italy at the time and you know from that inception, not really inception, but from there, how it spread was Mussolini would use his media resources to produce like literal films and posters and all of this propaganda of him doing these quote unquote like stereotypical manly things like skiing shirtless and doing like all these things. He shaved his head so he would never be seen with gray hair. He would do things like leave his light on in his office with the candle burning and whatnot. So people would think that he's working throughout the night and it wouldn't even be like for the good of the country. It's wow. El Duce is so, so virile and so filled with stamina. He can literally work throughout the night Mm -hmm. and we are good. That's how he played or like, that's how he was portrayed through the media. And that was the mask. Everyone wanted to be El Duce. If you didn't want to be like your, Uh, fascist president or fascist leader, something was wrong with you. And that part of society, I feel like, could be very harmful, especially as we saw with A Special Day. Um, Our homosexual lead character actually was about to commit suicide because he had been outed and he lost his job and he was actually about to be taken away. He assumed that day to be taken to like a camp or just deported and at the end of the film that's actually where he goes he gets taken away so it's not the most upbeat film but it is a very let's say realistic in some aspects of how or well it's certainly realistic in the statements that they say about how you know you literally after seven kids get money from the government and all those other things but of course it's a movie and dramatized to some extent And yeah. So the next movie that we saw was
1: I'm forgetting now. Bicycle.
0: Oh yes. Bicycle Thieves. And that's the second part of our our you know three pronged points here of being a man, providing for the family. And in our other movie, Bicycle Thief. Bicycle Thieves, my bad. I kind of am bearing the lead here, but in our movie that our second movie that we watched this is post-war italy so post world war ii and so much of italy has been destroyed because of the bombings and there's a man our male lead he's trying to get a job he's trying to provide for his family for his wife and his child and the only thing stopping him is a form of transportation a bike Literally, probably one of the most valuable things in Rome, Italy at that time, because literally no one had cars. The roads were terrible, like bombed, there were craters in them. And that was easily one of the fastest ways to get around. And he he needed this bike. It was required for his job. And so when he was finally able to buy one after pawning some of his items or some of his uh, linens, with his wife. Of course, I got to give credit. (laughs) I got to give credit to the wife. She's the one who actively pulled this stuff off. Um, But yeah, he had to sell his stuff to pay for a bike. And then through his own silliness, let's call it, he leaves the bike unattended. And what do you know, there it goes. And so the rest of the movie um, is about him, the lengths in which he has to go to find this bike, track it down. And eventually near the end he kind of breaks in a way and he decides to see or he sees a bike rack that is unattended and he decides to do what must be done in that case and procure a form of transportation if you will so bicycle thieves is kind of the is the title of the movie but it also is a statement on you know society we're all bicycle thieves at the end of the day like anyone could be a bicycle thief and if we were in that position who are we to say we wouldn't do such a thing to provide for our family and you know live (laughs) quite honestly like these people were some in some cases on the brink of starvation because the governments were literally either just destroyed or just trying to start up again and maintain some sort of, or some semblance of authority and getting people sorted. Okay. And our next movie is, uh, I forget, it's, oh, Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. There we go. And I'm going to be talking about a particular uh, part of Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow because interestingly enough the movie is in three different parts all in set in three different places but the gist of it is a man our male lead and our female lead are trying to avoid legal repercussions for selling cigarettes illegal oh my gosh illegally and the only way for the wife female lead to not go to jail is to be pregnant or have at least six month old child in which she needs to you know still breastfeed and all like take care of it so these two people come up with the harebrained scheme of just keep on impregnating your wife and they can't take her to jail i mean it seems easily easy enough but as we see throughout the movie, it gets more and more taxing, let's say, for our male lead and it gets more and more frustrating or the stakes get higher and higher for our female lead as she's quite literally counting down the months until she has to go to jail. And she's starting to quite literally run out of options at a point so much so that she starts turning to our male leads best friends to try and get her to be impregnated so she can avoid jail. And so, i was gonna reference how even that um is a reference to italian masculinity like that classic fascist you got to be a father you got to provide and to be a father you need to have sex and impregnate your wife so in order if you are unable to do that that doesn't qualify you as a man and you saw that throughout the film didn't youngs yep how how did that make you feel? Like was it an interesting concept that he was being blamed for like majority of it? It was seen as his fault for not being manly enough. That's funny. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah. Um, it gets to a point where our male character quite literally passes out in the streets and it gets wobbly legs and has to stay at home with his mother because he is so drained let's say from constant uh procreation constant, yeah let's say that and yeah eventually everything works out but i wouldn't say because of the male protagonist in particular the community came together that the society helped out everyone and without the kind neighbors and the community that they had they wouldn't have been able to get out of the situation. And even in the beginning scene, the community helped them hide their furniture that was supposed to be repossessed by the government. So I really much enjoyed uh, the communal aspects of that movie. It really just brings a smile to my face. Like I said, it it makes me wanna live in that, like, that sort of town where everyone's friendly, everyone kind of knows everyone's business, but everyone's happy about it. It's not anything negative. that extent and yeah i really enjoyed that movie as well and it also brings me to my second um kind of pillar of masculinity here in italian masculinity in particular and that is the concept of inetto or the inept man and that is another fun uh kind of stereotype (laughs) fun stereotypes yes of italian male culture where if you're not an quote unquote real man but you also so happen to have male genitalia well then you might just qualify as an ineto or an inept man and to really understand what that is we saw our (laughs) we did our film research and what do you think or what would you say are the qualities of an inept man alex
1: um a man that primarily thinks with his genitalia rather than his brain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very That's interesting way it. to put it. Well, here, I'll add a little bit onto that. He is also very unsuccessful with his endeavors. He often isn't um, competent, let's say. He often bumbles or fumbles his way through life. And he's really only where he is right now because of someone else's help or he is in the right like social class paired with the Ineto a female counterpart or a female in his life that's prominent who tends to take care of or provide for this inept man it usually is her making the decisions or being the active one in these stories and he's usually the one you know chasing after her or trying to go along with the plan or he's usually the one who sometimes messes up the plan And you see this throughout certain films. Like, as we've been saying uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, our male character is blamed for being inept. Um, So an inepto kind of, in my opinion, can't exist without uh, another female character to not play off of, but I feel like in Italian cinema, it's portrayed as a strong woman manipulates or can, uh, or can manipulate, has the possibility of manipulating this enneto or inept man, and a lot of the time, the enneto isn't even aware of him being used, in a lot of cases. And awareness, kind of brings me to my final point where everyone or I guess this brings me to my reason for this project I am hoping to spread some awareness even if it's just by one person uh about certain media portrayals of masculinity and femininity and men and women and even not those two uh those two conform those two gender norms that our society has deemed necessary to conform to because i personally don't think that you need to conform to anything as long as you're happy and not actively hurting anybody else you're good with me but this culture and just hmm, this culture combined with media can be a very dangerous thing for both men and women in society in general when gone unchecked as stated and as i'm sure you guys can find some examples of just men in general real life people being upset or frustrated with portrayals and feeling insecure about that and that only leads to more uh not bad behavior but more frustration and more insecurities and i feel like if everyone was a little more aware, maybe a little more empathetic, we could maybe have a little better society. Uh, thank you for the listen. This was a little bit of a longer episode, so I appreciate everyone who stuck with us. If you enjoy podcasts like this, maybe we'll do another one if you guys let us know. But in general, we are pretty light on the topics and on the research. We do know what we're talking about, but definitely shorter episodes and more laughs and more fun, or at least we try to be. Uh, Thank you again and have a good day. Goodbye.